So welcome to today's podcast where I'm invited by Mr. Gail Brereton um, from Authority Hacker. Now, I've been asked for you so many times, Gail. Um, you know, just like, get him on, get him on. And I'm like, I'll eventually have to uh, ask him and see if he'll come on. I, I didn't think I'd have got you on so soon, actually. So thank you very much for jumping on probably within a week of me asking um uh, normally guys anyway, I'm... there's not much else we can do right now but for anyone who potentially hasn't heard of gail uh, i'm sure you are well known you're, you're as well known as any out there um, but gail is from authority hacker um you can look at their website authorityhacker.com do a lot of education. Gail also has his own podcast and a whole lot of other stuff. Um, so before we go into any kind of deep questions, Gail, um, I'm just curious, how long has Authority Hacker been going for? Uh, it's going to be the fifth year this year, I think. So it's like, it's not, it's like, we're not like the veterans of the industry, but we're not completely new anymore either. Uh, before we start the interview, I just want to say I love your client call videos, by the way. I've been just <laughs> and, uh, and they're really good. <laughs> so so please do more client calls videos. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been going on for about five years on and off because, you know, we work a lot. We've been doing multiple other projects during that time as well. So I told you, Hacker's not the only thing we do. Uh, as you do as well, you run, you do all the like client stuff, affiliate stuff, etc. I see. I know you work with the CMRs as well, so similar kind of stuff. So whatever bandwidth we have available, we kind of dedicate to authority hackers. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. Um, but yeah, it's been five years. But t tell me this: how much of your business? So obviously, as you said, there, I do some stuff with CMRs. I do affiliate stuff and various other mm -hmm. bits and bobs. How much? Just a rough percentage is authority hacker of your business. Like, is it 20%, 50? It's more than 50 now. It wasn't the case, but the truth is we've offloaded a bunch of projects last year, like we've sold sites, et cetera. So um, it, it used to be like a small percentage, but as we actually, uh, we had a lot of work to do, to be honest. It's like at a point we were working on other sites and then like the education was getting old and like we were not as happy as we were at one point with the site, et cetera. So we're like, well, you know, market's doing well right now before the everything that's happening right now and we offloaded a bunch of projects and kind of like we focused on this a lot last year so the percentage i think it was a bit over 50 percent yeah like like it was a bit over 50 percent but this has fluctuated over the the five years like it's mo the most it has ever been right now basically um, and one other question <coughs> on authority hacker and then i'll we'll go into something uh, more specific um does it not pain you because i've also sold online kind of training and education does it not pain you that other or in fact it's not it does this pain you have you ever found a way to stop people stealing your coursework and publishing it on those websites out there oh yeah i mean the thing is like we actually have a company that we pay quite a bit of money that Lewis spends their entire time hunting these people down. <laughs> and, uh, and literally, like, it's like there's extreme cases where they've sent people to people's doors to take, take courses down and everything. Um, so it is it is annoying. It is a reality. You know what? I've done a lot of movies online. So I'm, I'm kind of like, you know what? <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm kind of like paying back for it in a way. Yeah. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's like we, we, we do spend quite a bit of resources making sure it's less available. It doesn't mean it's not available. It, um, but the truth is, 
So for example, for us, the community is really strong. Like we have a lot of really successful members in our community. Uh, we have testimonials that are not released yet, but we have multiple seven-figure exit testimonials, et cetera, like really good ones. And so you don't access that if you download the torrents or whatever. And so like um, we found that it hasn't been too bad for sales, to be honest. Yeah, that's just something that's always pained me. I think it's annoying. It's yeah. one of those things that you're just like, what a bastard stealing <laughs> my stuff. You know, because you know yourself, it takes hours and hours and hours to compile all that stuff, and mm -hmm. someone just takes yep. it and gives it away. So it's just one Some of those. It took multiple months full time for us. Like that's that's how much time it took to like uh, put together the process, then like put scripts together, then record, then edit, then put. The... It's like it takes a really long time. Actually, that's why I said like. We refocused on that last year because we felt some of this stuff was getting old and stuff, and it we just didn't have the bandwidth available. So yeah, it takes an absolute insane amount of time, and I'm sure it's the same when you work with other guys and when you do your own courses. Yeah, no, it's uh, it is um, something, but I think I'm now of the mindset where I'd probably rather sell someone like your course. Um, mm -hmm. You do all the time, and you spend the, the full-time months making it, and I can just make an affiliate commission from it. I think going forward, I'm going to stop making my own because uh, it just pains me. Uh, and obviously, your stuff's as good anyway, so what's the point in me recording for three or four months? Uh, <laughs> I'm just yes, getting lazy. Enough. I mean... I mean, the thing is, like, someone's got to do it. <laughs> so, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, and we're, we're, we're really, like, spent a lot of time and effort, like, trying to figure I mean, we're still progressing, but we've spent several years now kind of refining the process and getting more like succinct and people want templates, people want copy paste stuff, people, like you, you figure out what people actually use, etc. So we have deep analytics in our member area. So we see what people actually use and download and stuff. So we, when we go back to revise the course, which every maximum 12 to 14 months, every single lesson is reviewed actually. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so we are able to see what people actually use and then we just like, we build based on what people use the most and kind of like improve the time. It takes a long time though. It's it was a long process. It's been years in the making, basically. Yeah, no, definitely fair play to you for sticking it out and, and doing a great job of um doing that. And as I say, I know a lot of people that have um, done, you know, been on your course and stuff like that. And it's always I've never heard anyone ever say a bad word about it, believe it or not. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. <laughs> you have nice friends, you know. <laughs> they just you made the nice ones, you know. <laughs> but uh, on to something more specific. Um so one of the most common questions that you lot you're always asked and it's something I'm asked a lot as well is niche selection. And I know yeah. you mentioned prior to us coming on here that you actually have a whole process for niche selection. Uh, <laughs> so I've got my own ideas on how I select niches and it's based on, you know, the 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 if it's an affiliate website, then I want to make sure that the Amazon or if it's Amazon, the product's more than a hundred quid and various things like that. So that's my kind of filter, but curious to know what what you're looking for when you're selecting a niche. I mean, we, I wrote this in like, we made a case study on a site we sold like about a year ago. And um, I said like, if you're an advanced SEO, all that matters is affiliate payout. Because if you're a good SEO, you figure out how to get traffic. Like, you know, it's like, even if you go in the credit card niche, it's freaking saturated. However, you will find these like 
60 search volume keywords that you can still snag on with like $400 commissions. And actually it's quite worth it to write for these topics. And with a DR30 site, you you might make like a five figure, five figure months with like credit cards if you tackle all these tiny, tiny keywords. So what I'm gonna talk about after is more for like people who are not very advanced. If it, it's not for you, basically, I know you, you could do that. And I, I would say focus on affiliate payout from our experience with our sites. The, the, the size with the best paying offers that are high paying and high conversion is the only thing that matters for revenue. So when you're advanced, I would say yeah. that. Now, when you're not advanced, it's um, it's a little bit more tricky because you are competing against a lot of people that already kind of know what they're doing. And if you've never done it, and I guess that's the kind of question you get from more beginners, et cetera, then you kind of, it's kind of like about picking your battles, which is why in our beginners course, we like the niche selection module is like, 18 videos or something. It's quite long. <laughs> um, but but like what we did is we did a spreadsheet. I'll tell you exactly what's inside, right? Uh, we did a spreadsheet and there's essentially you assign a number of points for like, uh, I think there's like a 12 criteria or something. And some of these criteria will be, can you find small sites that rank for commercial keywords? Like let's say, can you find a DR, DR 30 or less sites ranking for a best roundup type, review type keyword? Um, can you find five of these keywords? So that, that means that early on, you'll be probably able to rank for these keywords. And uh, you you have early monetization possibilities if you find these low DR sites. Now we're also looking for kind of like higher DR sites that are not built by large media companies. Um, you know, like a DR60 site, uh, I'm gonna take an example of a niche that I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the acne niche right now. Acne niche is quite an interesting one. Uh, it's kind of like health, so like, you know, it's been moving a lot in the past few years, but um, there are several sites that are like homemade by like individual site owners that are DR60 plus and ranking for a lot of keywords. So it's like, what he's telling me is like, well, I can rank early and make some money, which the early goal for a new site is break even so that I can just keep spending money forever and then just slowly grind up my rankings. Um, and then if I find the high DR sites that are ranking well, it tells me that there's a potential in the long term. It's just not it's not just a micro niche site that I can build. And then it's like I, I can actually build a pretty big site with hundreds of pages, which is what we specialize in. Like we build bigger sites, we don't build like 10 page websites. Um we're looking for people who, who we're looking for monetization methods, of course. So we're looking for of course, Amazon, and we're going to have a whole spreadsheet with like, what is the price range of the different categories of products you're going to be promoting? Um, we're going to tell people to look at the commission rate because, you know, Amazon, some commissions, so some categories are absolutely useless. Um, we also, but what we try to make them do as well is to look past Amazon because Amazon's cool. But um, if you can find, like in Acneish, for example, there's quite a few info products that will pay you 35 to maybe with upsells up to like $80 per sell. Um, and, you know, it's like, even if you rank for the review keywords, I mean, like I was a big, uh, I was ranking a lot for a lot of ClickBank reviews at the time where it was big, you know? So I was ranking number one for Venus Factor, for example, for a long time. Um, and it's like, these single reviews could make like 700 to a thousand bucks a day sometimes, um, just from like the single review keyword, for example. So like finding these things can be site defining. Um, if you see that there's an opening, you might not be able to capture this right away, but maybe after a year or something, it's it's uh, it's doable, especially if you architect your, if, uh, if you make the architecture of your site support that page, you know. Yeah. Um. So we do that. Uh, we make them look at advertising as well because actually advertising with AdStrive and all these uh, MediaVine etc. is not that terrible. And the thing is, like, if you want to do white hat link building, so we don't buy links personally. Like, 
I don't care if people buy links, but we just don't do it. And so if you want to get links as a white hat site, you need informational content. Basically, people will not necessarily link to your commercial content or stuff that's pushing products. So you will need informational content. So advertising is a great way to monetize that informational content. And actually, you get RPMs. I mean, obviously, the situation is going to change now a lot because we're kind of like in the middle of financial crisis. So RPMs are going to go all over the place. But historically, uh, RPMs have been up to 25 uh, $25 maybe per thousand visitors, which is quite good for info keywords. Imagine it's not just like review keywords with like these few keywords that are like high commercial intent, it's any keyword. Um, so it's a great way to expand your site as well and kind of have a strategy to monetize that content that is here for your links in the first place. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's several, there's also like, obviously there's taste. Uh, I'm trying to think what else there is. I can't remember exactly, <laughs> but like these are the few things that we basically make people put a score of one to five for all of these. Yeah. And then they put multiple niches in the lines and then they're able to essentially add up the score and tell which niche does seem to make the most sense. And we tell people you need to compare multiple niches. A lot of people tend to just check one niche and then decide yes or no. Yeah. You, can, you need to compare multiple niches to know which one is good, which one is not good, right? If you only have one point of reference, how can you tell? It's a... Uh... It's definitely something that, you know, I've, I wanted to do some affiliate stuff and previously all of the affiliate stuff I'd done was like SEMrush and, you know, various other um, SEO tools. i never done Amazon uh, and I dived two feet into Amazon thinking, bought a website, 10 grand, thought, fuck it, I'm going to, I'm going to smash this market. Um, and it was a golf website. And listen, the golf website's okay. It does it. It makes money. Um, Highly seasonal as well. Yeah, but that is one of the things. Is it's seasonal, um, and the average order value. Um, you know, people are not buying, you know, thousand pound golf clubs or anything. They're buying like a t shirt, a rain jacket, and obviously my commission is like, you know, one buck <laughs> on on a sale. So in terms of scalability. Um, you know, that's where I was, the, the, the reason I was saying I'm always wanting a product now that is more than a hundred bucks to, to be able to get some form of commission. Um, <clears throat> but, you, you know, you live and learn and, and sometimes you've got to do your own mistakes. Um, but Golf is actually a tricky niche for two reasons as well. Um, first of all, people are looking for golf clubs for multiple years, so they're not necessarily buying the latest golf clubs. But that, so same if you're writing like the best drivers of 2020. Actually, people might still be looking for best drivers of 2018 and they're buying these vintage ones, etc. And yeah. they're not always available directly on Amazon. It's kind of like secondhand resellers, etc. It makes the um, conversion rate drop a lot, actually, um, for example. <laughs> so there's, there's a, this niche is actually a tricky one to tackle. I've been in this niche as well. That's why I know it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, my, my sales were, you know, when I bought it and uh, basically, it had a lot of content. The guy didn't have any kind of links, so I got some links going to it, done some on-page, seen the needle moving up, and then it just went woof right down over Christmas. You know, the, the sales were drastic. and um, so. But as I say, it's part of the learning curve. But as you say, if you've got your process of, you know, giving a score, I would always say to anyone, you know, don't have one niche in mind and also think outside the box. You know, I know guys who sell generators or hunting scopes or various other mm -hmm. things. Um, so I think you know, f you know, doing proper research on that is essential um, when it comes to it. But is there any mistakes you've made along the way on niche selection at all? 
Like mistakes I have made or mistakes people yeah. I see people make? Or, or, or mistakes oh. people make. What are the regular mistakes people are making? They're going too broad in their niches. Like it's like um, it's. I tend to tell people if you can go in the street and tell about your niche to most people, and most people know it, you're probably not deep enough. You know, like you need. It's like the broad niches, especially these days, right? If you Google any roundup review type keywords or best um, or like VS and stuff like that, you will see Business Insider, you will see PC Mag, you will see Wirecutter, you will see these guys that are, let's be honest, quite difficult to be. I mean, I'm sure, you know, if you really hammer links to your page, you might beat them, but like the amount of resources is going to cost you without even knowing how much money you're going to make when you're on top. It's quite a lot, you know? Well, that that's the thing. It's It's how much... You know, for, for everyone, you need to invest in content or you need to, you know, somehow acquire links, whether you do it your way or you buy them or whatever. Um, and that's where how much or how do you spot, you know, as you've said there, spotting an, an opportunity because it wouldn't make sense to try and take on PC mag or, or wire cutter or anything because what's the return on investment going to really be? Not, not at first, right? So it's kind of like there's two phases in your site. The first phase is just like usually for us, what's going to happen is we're going to hire um, like a writer full time maybe, and we're going to dedicate maybe a half time ring builder from our team, right? That's so our monthly cost, you know, is going to be between two and five grants, let's say, depending on who it is, what the niche is, whatever other cost there is. So my goal is to make two to five grants from my site per month initially. And so that I know I can just keep paying these guys forever and then it will slowly grind up. And then, so what what I do is I tend to tackle, as I mentioned earlier, fairly small keywords. Like, you know, I gave the example with the credit cards, right? It's like, oh, $400 payout. I don't mind going for a 50 search per month keyword um, yeah. because I know because I know I'm going to make a lot of money uh, per visitor. So that's what I do usually. I I build I usually build a single hub. So I find like one category within my niche. So like yeah, like in a golf niche, maybe I'll say golf drivers, right? I'll be like, oh, okay, golf drivers are good. I'm not going to rank for best golf driver, but I'm still going to make that page as like the top of my hub. So I'm just going to focus on that. And then I'm going to find all these smaller keywords below that and build a whole content hub. So I'd be like best gold driver for seniors, best gold drivers for kids, best gold drivers for women, um, all of that. And I'm just going to, and these pages I'm going to aim to rank them. Also, let's say there's two gold drivers that are fairly popular. There's like the colorway, I don't know, like I can't remember the, the models, but like there's the colorway one. And then let's say you have um, the Nike VRS one or something. And then you want to compare these two because they're quite popular. This might have like two, 300 searches per month. Uh, but people who are Googling VS, they're ready to buy, right? Or like uh, alternatives will be good keywords as well. So like alternative to the Callaway, Maverick, whatever, something. And then um, these are the pages I'm trying to rank and I'm just going to create my top of hub and I'm just going to make sure it, there's the entire internal linking there. And usually a, a new site we start only has one hub of about 30 to 40 pages. The top of the hub, I know I'm probably not going to rank for it forever, but I'm building that hub. I then do some links. Then I kind of like let it rest for like four months and I come back to it. I'm like, okay, where, where did we land? You know? Uh, <laughs> and then, and then I decide, do I want to, uh, to tackle another hub? Do I want to deepen my hub that I already have? If I, or if I have more keyword ideas and kind of like expand that way, basically. And the thing is like, if you only have a, one category on your site, it looks shit. So the yeah. way we do it as well 
is we kind of like brainstorm other categories and we just create one page for that hub, like the top one, but we build no pages below. So to the person that will look at our site when we do link building prospecting, it's going to look like a full site. But actually, mm -hmm. it's shallow under every category except one that's been completely built out, actually. Yeah. No, it's a smart move. Smart move to do that, but uh, focus on what's working. Um, <clears throat> so within Authority Hacker, I take it, your education gives people all of these kind of steps, step by step, in terms of yeah. site structure and you know content and everything else. Um, so the beginner site is literally me starting one of our sites. I don't even know which niche I'm going to go in at the beginning, and I literally go through like niche selection with all the steps, and you actually see me build the site. And the site is live as well, and people can check it out. It's only for members of the course, but people can go and check the website out and even navigate it. It's indexed, it's ranking for keywords, etc. So. Um, it's the whole thing basically. And that site, that site is not making a lot of money because I keep it at like the beginner stage so that people, I don't want to grow it because I want people to essentially see what it looks like when you're finishing yeah. the course. Mm -hmm. um, so this is just an example thing, it, but it does make money. Like it makes some money. Yeah, no, it's um, definitely um, a good uh, way to do it and uh, show people a live case study. I think that that will resonate mm -hmm. and, and encourage people to, um, do more or you know with their website bingo yeah Gail's done it you know I'll just follow that um, it sounds like a great option but <clears throat> in terms of Amazon and stuff you know Amazon's one way of monetization is that the way that you would recommend to people to make money online or have you found that maybe private affiliates or something else is, is a bit more rewarding so Amazon is a great way to start it's like I like I like recommending it to start because what it allows you is because there's so many sub niches you can find very uncompetitive sub niches and make you know what we call job replacement income which is kind of our goal for people who take the beginners course it's like well the goal here is not for you to be rich it's just to buy all your time back so you can then build something great with what you have right it's kind of like again we go by step I'm not saying that we have made good money with sites but I think the first step should be. I don't need to take another job. I can just work on my site, and that's great already. Um, and so Amazon is great to do that. Um, but I don't recommend people stay on Amazon forever, which are, uh, way too many people do, by the way. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've mentioned that. That's why I said, like, in the niche research, we don't just talk about Amazon. We look at it, but it's just one of the limitations. We're going to look at ads. I personally do a lot of funnels on email marketing. I'm quite good at email funnels. I'm quite good at even writing copy to sell, all that stuff like uh, I do a lot of that and I've done that on multiple sites and we've done that quite successfully on a lot of sites um, I've had like it's like I like to give that example because I made a public case study of it we had um, a blog post ranking for juicing recipes for weight loss for a long time right mm -hmm. so initially what we did is we just had AdSense on the post right and that was making it was ranking number one uh, so it was making maybe like $180 I think from AdSense when we had that okay great um, but then we found a private offer on ClickBank for a juicing recipes ebook that was paying, I think I remember $16 per sale. So it wasn't very high, um, but it was still higher. Already we jumped from $180 to $600, just putting a banner there and replacing the AdSense, right? Then what we did is we captured the emails on that page and then started promoting the ebook to the people that opted in and on the thank you page of people who opted in. I think we jumped to like $1,000 or something. And what we did is we made our own ebook 
and then build the whole mini farm around that. And that single blog post for that single keyword was making $2,500 a month after that. So it went from 180 bucks to 2,500 just by refining the monetization and experimenting just by capitalizing on the keyword that we were ranking for. And that was not like a best keyword. That was like, it was not super strong buying it. It had good traffic. I think it was, I think it was 30, I'm not sure, but I'm going to say around 35,000 uh, visits per month. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's, and that's, and at the same time, we still had these emails. And after that, we made another product that sold like a whole weight loss thing. And you know, the, the card value went from, I think our product was $29 and then the upsell was 59. So like, you know, we were able to optimize this thing. So yes, I think people can, people can definitely do better than just Amazon. Amazon's a great place to start. It's great because you can then focus on just getting traffic, which is already challenging to a lot of people. Uh, and it's getting more and more challenging, let's be honest, these days. Um, so it's great because then you just send traffic to Amazon and Amazon does their magic and they make some money. But once you have a lot of traffic that's focused on one point, you're able to monetize it in much better ways if you build your own funnels. Yeah. So I think uh, it's funny you should say that. I think with the golf website I was referring to earlier, um, I'm looking at ways of potentially going to a private affiliate uh, mm -hmm. who supplies, because most of the sales are from the US anyway. Um, and I'm not sure if it's a, a risk. You know, I know Amazon, I've got the kind of next day delivery and whatnot. But if I flip that to a private affiliate, my, you know, just a company that, that, that sells golf stuff and they're going to give me, say, 20%. Then check um check globalgolf.com actually. Globalgolf.com, I think they pay eight uh, percent and they ship worldwide as well. Yeah. Um so again, even by doing something like that, I could double my revenue. And it's not just obviously my golf website. There's I know loads of guys that have got pet websites and they flip over to Chewy um and you know double their, their revenue that way as well. So I think making those small changes can make the big difference. It's not just that, but like Amazon is quite restrictive in their TOS, right? But like if you were promoting another e-commerce, like as I said, like I'm mentioning Global Golf, like people can go check it out. It's an example of an FA program. That's quite okay. Um, you have more options to promote. So for example, one thing I like to do, even if you're not building uh, an email list, right? I love using pop-ups. You make an exit intent pop-up that says, hey, Golf Club up to 60% off, click here to browse the sales. You mm -hmm. cannot do that on Amazon, but you're absolutely allowed to do that with other affiliates. Yeah. And some of our highest TPCs as affiliates have come from these kind of pop-ups. Yeah. So um, I would highly recommend you check that out, for example. So it's like, yeah, that's that's how you refine these things. So Amazon is a great point. It's a great way to start seeing what's going to work and what's going to fail, you know? And you don't have to put a lot of effort because if you go hardcore on everything, then you do nothing. You need to throw a lot of stuff at the wall. And that's what Amazon allows you to do. And then what sticks, then you work on it, you know? Yeah. No, I think, it's, it, and as you say, if you can then flip it and do some of the clever stuff that you do, building a list or, you know, pop-ups or whatever else, it's a very smart way of working. <laughs> In terms of pop-ups and all of that kind of stuff, what what kind of tools are you using to, to put up your pop-ups and stuff? I use the likes of Opt-in Monster, but I'm not sure if that's any good anymore or something better? Uh, Optin Monster is the best one, actually. I have bought all of them like about eight months ago, I think. So unless there was some development in the last eight months, like I was looking at our setup, actually. So I really, for Optin, for emails, I, I would go for Optin Monster. 
especially the thing with Optimota is it's really powerful if you actually A-B test, which a lot of people get excited about A-B testing, but nobody freaking does it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so that's the problem. But one thing, so we use Elementor to build our sites, right? We use Elementor Pro, and Elementor Pro has a pop-up builder as well. The only massive downside from the pop-ups in Elementor Pro is that there's absolutely no analytics. But you can kind of like cheat it by like, you know, making a short link, for example, and capturing the stats for that, etc. Mm -hmm. So you can do that. Um, but if you are going to start getting granular about your pop-ups and you want to do proper A-B testing, etc., then you have to move to something like OptiMonster, yeah. Yeah, the opt-in monsters worked well for me. I've used it myself for uh, a couple of websites and I wasn't sure if it was uh, old school or there was something cool and new out there, but it's good to hear it's... It's still they, they improved it a lot. It used to be pretty terrible, <laughs> but, but like uh, it's a lot better now. Like actually, for a long time, I preferred Stripe leads. Mm -hmm. um, the problem with Stripe leads is great in concept, terrible in execution. It's gonna destroy your site speed, um, and that's kind of the problem. It's like it's gonna cost you too much resources. And I've seen servers crash, servers crash from it um, oh, because yeah. it's so heavy on the website. Um, so I wish uh, Optin Monster would steal some uh, some tips and tricks from Stripe Leads in terms of features, but um, all of Stripe Leads become lighter, whichever comes first, you know. But um, I've switched back to Optin Monster last year, so it's really good. Or you could be clever and uh, make your own, uh, <laughs> and you'll. I get... like to focus on the actual affiliate marketing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so, <clears throat> in terms of uh, affiliate marketing, before we go. Um, mm -hmm. for an advanced person, so um, the audience I've got here is going to be beginners and they're probably going to love what you do. If they want to get more in depth with Amazon, they can probably join uh, Authority Hacker and follow your footsteps. But for the advanced people, where is the money at now? You know, it's not going to be Amazon, you know, is it, is it e com? You know, with all this. Uh, coronavirus stuff going on and everything else, people yeah. are going to be looking even more at getting away from client work. You know, what, what is working really well in your opinion? So like, it's like, it's funny, we made a podcast that is not released yet about this coronavirus stuff actually, and like how we think it might affect the industry. And so there's most likely an economical recession upon us at this point. Like, I mean, the market opened down again today, etc. It's looking pretty bad. Um, so one thing that I tried to explain in the podcast is that your audience is going to be like when the economy was great, the people were worth a lot of money right now when they hit your site, they had their, their pockets full of money, basically. So it was great to monetize them with reviews, et cetera, which it's still going to be okay. Like it's not going to be terrible. It's just going to be less good um, because people will make less impulse buys, et cetera, as they will be more budget conscious, et cetera. So the attitude is probably going to change a little bit. However, um, because the nature of this economical crisis is essentially sanitary, we can't go out in shops to buy stuff uh, and people are just scared for the future, et cetera. Um, it's quite likely that things might also recover quite swiftly once we are done with this. And so um, the thing is the people that visit your website today are not worth as much today, but they might be worth a lot more tomorrow. Um, so I like to think in terms of capturing an audience more now that these things are changing because these people are more likely to be more worth more money. And how do you capture an audience? It's not just email this, by the way. It's putting a Facebook pixel on your site and being able to retarget these people. Um, it's being, it's, you can do that with push notifications. You can do that with a lot of ways uh, to bring people back. And uh, in terms of actually making money, um, I like 
I mean, we have these three stages, which is one, you build an affiliate site. Two, you learn how to do direct sales. So capture audiences, emails, et cetera, social media followers, and then direct sell them. Be like, hey, buy this product. This is great. Yeah. Um, and then the third stage is actually building your own products based on what you've learned, direct selling as an affiliate. Um, so if you want to go to the high end, if you're an advanced user, then yes, I would say go for the products. That's where it is. And then the products will be either uh, developing info products like Mark and I mostly do. Or going into e-commerce, right? The problem with e-commerce right now is like I would not jump right now, right now, because supply chains are about to be a freaking mess probably in the rest of the world. Um, so maybe wait a few months. But <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 how it is. And like honestly, like once you start doing, um, once you start having your own products, the traffic sources are so there's so many more. Like you can have your own affiliates. Now you're not the affiliate; they send you they send you traffic. Um, you can do paid traffic. I do a lot of paid traffic. I just never talk about it, but I spent like a lot of money last year in paid traffic. Um, email marketing becomes really worthy. Like it's it's really simple to make promo emails and make money. Like you know, I can write. I could write an email, a sales email, go for a walk, come back, and have a you know meet four figures in my bank account. You know, and um, and it's it's it. But it only comes when you walk out of just Amazon. Amazon is purely for search traffic. And yeah, it's you should not try social media on Amazon. It doesn't work. There's no intent. Uh, even email, it's kind of shit. Like people are not looking to buy right now, etc. So Amazon is a great place to start. It's a great place so that you can focus on your SEO and get paid for it. Ads are the second one, and then after that is going to be direct sales, and after that is going to be products. Yeah, no, very interesting tips and very interesting insights you've got there. Um, but sadly, we are out of time, Gail. But for anyone who's interested in uh, listening to what you've got to say, um, is the best place to get you on authorityhacker.com? Yeah, yeah, authorityhacker.com. We actually have, um, so you mentioned the course, but we actually have a free training. You can just sign up for it on the homepage. Um, it does pitch the course at the end, so I'm just going to fail one people. But there's two hours of actual free training where I show like all the steps we use to pick a niche, how we pick our keywords, how we think about these silos that I mentioned, etc. So I show all that stuff. Whether you buy the course or not, you get that information. So I would say go check that out if you want more information on this. Two hours of free information from someone like yourself is always a, a good thing. So yeah, everyone check that out. <laughs> but more importantly, if you want to follow in the footsteps of um, someone who's done well in affiliate marketing, then Gail's got the processes and the you know, reasoning behind niche selection and <coughs> everything else that goes into it. So definitely have a, a look at that if you're looking to get started in affiliate marketing. But thank you very much, Gail. It has been a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for inviting um, me. Um, no, it's been been a pleasure, as I say. Always good, good to get good guests on. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for coming on. And I'll put your so, uh, your links and stuff at the bottom of the, the podcast. So you guys, you can find Gail's contact details down there. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Bye.